machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. All right. Welcome back to the comic book revolution. I'm your host, Rock, and always by my side, the Jamie Lee Curtis to my, I don't know, who would I be? I think we'll go with God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that works. Fine, that works. Steven. How you doing, my friend? You're welcome. (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Let me tell you something. You know how we have our little pug puppy? We've got a pandemic puppy, like everyone else in in the universe, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. uh, this puppy is going to be probably six years old once the pandemic is over, at the rate we're going. Um... Yeah. (laughs) So here's the deal. We have have our, the, the, the Pitbull mix. She's Oreo. And mm-hmm. yeah. she's kind of like the mom of the house, right? She's tolerating this new mm-hmm. puppy. We've got Cookie, mm-hmm. the hound who hunts all the animals in our backyard. Yeah. She loves the puppy because she's got someone to play with yeah. and someone to hunt too. It's like <laughs> double the pleasure. Uh, we have <laughs> Coco, the black pug. She's really kind of like, I'm the princess. You don't get to steal any attention away from me. And then yeah. Chumbly, the puppy, she's a, a tan pug. Let me tell you what, Stephen, mm-hmm. this is what she's doing now. She now likes to attack us like she's a piranha because she's teething. <laughs> and when I mean attack us, you know, have you seen those videos, National Geographic videos uh, or Discovery Channel where great white sharks like open their mouth and come shooting out of the water at their prey with yep. their mouth wide open? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her. She will open her mouth, look at you, stare at you. Measure your face, then open her mouth wide as possible, and then jump through the air at you. It's really great. It's really great. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, got a, got a piranha puppy. Yeah, piranha puppy. Yeah, piranha <laughs> pug. Uh, so, Stephen, how's your week been? It's been pretty good. Another, uh, you know, just another week. Um, we did have a, uh, we did have something nice happen on uh, the twentieth. Yes. Yes, we so, did. Yes, we did. Yay. Uh, I'm. So still excited about that. Maybe um, the pandemic will end after all at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, baby steps. Let's, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, what have you, uh, Stephen, I've been watching, I don't know what you've been watching this week on Netflix or Hulu mm-hmm. or Disney Plus or whatever streaming service of your choice is, but I, my wife and I, started mm-hmm. watching WandaVision this week. Yeah. Stephen, now you know how I'm not, I kind of uh, once... The f- Avengers, the first Avengers movie came out. I thought that's mm-hmm. where they should have ended it. Thanos wins. It, it was the perfect ending. <laughs> it was it was the perfect end to that story. I thought it worked yeah. great. I just ended there. I really haven't liked any Marvel movies since the first Avengers movies. They're all kind of getting boring and mm-hmm. repetitious yeah. and just blah. So I wasn't really that excited about any of these Marvel <laughs> TV shows, right? But mm-hmm. a friend of mine who knows my general blondness with Marvel now was like, you got to mm-hmm. watch it. You got, it's it's not like anything else. Trust me, <laughs> Steven. 
it's not like anything yeah. else Marvel has done. It is really cool. It is really cool. I'm a sucker okay. for anything. I'm a sucker for anything, you know, mid century. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously the first two episodes are yeah. set in like the fifties <laughs> slash sixties, you know, and the third episode set in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I like those. I like that time period a lot. And the sets yeah. are, the sets are amazing. And, and the costuming is awesome. And it, yeah. it's totally different than anything you've seen from Marvel. I would recommend, I would recommend taking a peek at it. I think you would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been watching. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anything good for you? Okay. Well, I've kind of blew through a lot of TV recently. Um, I watched the uh, the documentary on Richard Ramirez on Netflix. Yes. The, the Night Stalker. Yes. Um, that was that was very good. Um, if you're into true crime, I would obviously recommend that. It's uh, it's really cool. Very disgusting because he was a horrible horrible person. <laughs> um, but it's interesting to see that. Um, I watched. Um, Love Victor on on Hulu, the uh, sequel to Love Simon. It's yes. pretty good, very cute, like kind of John Hughesish. Oh, nice. Okay. Thing. Yeah, it was nice to watch something that wasn't that was about that kind of thing, but wasn't like super depressing. You right. Know? I got you. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it was very sweet, and I was like, you know, I said aw a couple of times at it, so you know, <laughs> I feel like that's that's what it's supposed to do. But <laughs> yep. right now. And you know how excited I am about this because the Muppet Show is coming to Disney Plus. Yes, I am watching all the Muppet stuff on Disney Plus right now, uh-huh. and I'm having the best time of my life. <laughs> yeah, they have all they have all five seasons of the original Muppet Show yeah. up on the service. They're just so good. And Stephen, that's I'm a, so excited. The Muppets. Ah. We are we are going to dedicate an entire podcast. Spoiler alert, yes. we are going to be dedicating entire podcast to the Muppets coming up soon. That is on our, mm-hmm. our list of topics to deep dive into. The Muppets absolutely going to be one of them because Steve and I are both huge yep. fans of the Muppets. And we do believe, yes. we do believe that Disney can do something successful and funny and entertaining with the Muppets. Exactly. So we'll we'll have some uh, we'll have some we'll have some solutions and some advice for uh yes. for uh, Lex Luthor I mean Bob Chapek over there at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, you can check us out at comicbookrevolution.com for all the reviews and commentary, news, whatever in the world of comics and whatever else pops into our heads. Mostly Stephen, it's 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 Kevin mm-hmm. posting a ton of reviews as right on cue, Stephen. I, I kid you not, right on cue, Kevin has now posted a review yeah. for Future Point Nightwing number one. So there you go. You can check it out. Uh, Future Point Nightwing number one. See what see what Kevin thought about it. Uh, he's he's yeah. he he is just powering his way through all of those future state comics. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. He's liked a lot of them. Kevin's a good man. He is. God bless yeah, us. I've kind of I've kind of been a little surprised, but he's a little more open to some of the stuff that we are. We're the curmudgeons, and Kevin is the right. nice, uh, <laughs> the nice, hopeful, you know, positive guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want him to keep that. Kevin never changed. Never changed. Never, never changed. changed. <laughs> uh, of course, you can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock Two Ks Revolution. Stephen. And you can check me out on Twitter at President Glover. Excellent, my friend. Well, for this podcast, we are going to focus on manga versus American mm-hmm. comics. That's right, Stephen. 
This is an age-old battle. Age-old battle. Uh, but it, it's, it's a weird battle because the fact is people who like manga usually used to love American comics or still do. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, there's a big crossover in the Venn diagram between uh, manga readers and comic book readers. At least there, there used to right. be. I think that, that Venn diagram is, is, is starting to shrink as American mm-hmm. comics uh, <laughs> readership starts to shrink. But yeah. there's a lot to dive in here, Stephen. I kind of, before we hop in, I just want to know, tell the audience, what is your experience with manga versus American comics? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely had earlier exposure to American comics first. Um, I, when I was younger, I used to read all the... Um, um, Batman animated series and Superman animated series, all the comic books that they made. I probably still have a stack of those somewhere at my parents' house that <laughs> we don't know what to do with. <laughs> and um, and my first like actual like big boy comic book like collection that I ever read was uh, was JLA Avengers. So you know I started out with the best. Nice. And then it's only gone downhill from there. <laughs> but <I>, um, <laughs> some truth to that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the first time, first time I ever read a manga, because of course I was exposed to anime very early because sure. of Dragon Ball Z and mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon and stuff like that. Astro Boy, but, Speed um, Racer. Astro Boy, yeah. <laughs> um, all the stuff that's on Boomerang now. Yeah, because right. We're old. <laughs> yes. I'd say probably like like six or seven years ago, I decided. I found Full Metal Alchemist, and I, I read through all of that, mm-hmm. and then I started like kind of dipping my toes into everything else. Uh, some of these are a massive commitment. Yes, they <laughs> like are. Some are Naruto and One Piece and whatnot. But yeah. um, you know, I've really enjoyed it. It's just it's trying to to find the time with it. Eventually, I'll get back to it. You know, when I'm old and I'm retired <laughs> and I have all the time in the world. <laughs> but um, it's very interesting. You know, trying to go through. I actually read some old full metal alchemists that I have before we did this just to kind of remind myself and try not to think about the anime because right. I guess I guess as an American that's where my mind goes sure. the manga. So there's an anime for that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've I've I grew up reading both manga and and comic books close to the same time. Mm-hmm. I had a friend uh, where yeah. okay, so where we live, where Steve and I live, uh, there is a the world's largest naval base is located where we are, and because of that, it was not uncommon to have a kid in your class who possibly lived in Japan for a while at the navy base over there. So, one of my friends when I was a kid came back from Japan. We were friends, and he had all this cool stuff. You know, all the cool Japanese toys you couldn't get over here. He had some manga. Of course, it yeah. <laughs> wasn't in English, but whatever. The pictures are cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I started reading manga as soon as, you know, I could get my grubby paws on the translated versions of it. But still, American comics, you know, I, I did read first because they were so plentiful over here, obviously, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. For certain, probably by the time I was 13, I was reading manga and American comics around the same amount, you know pretty pretty mm-hmm. evenly and for me yeah. uh, now at this moment i i don't really read american comics that much unless you know somebody tells me you really gotta read this <laughs> you know it, it i you know like if you told me to read something or kevin mm-hmm. told me to read something i would because you guys know what i like and you guys big no really you, you need to read this so unless i'm being told i gotta read mm-hmm. something from marvel or dc i really just it's uh, steven the, the price and the it, it just yeah. Versus what I get, it's just not worth it when I can spend my money elsewhere. And honestly, where I'm spending it elsewhere mm-hmm. a lot is 
manga, which we'll get to later in this podcast. Well, mm-hmm. with that out of the way, at least, you know, that's our background in both areas. I kind of figure let's let's hit the origins of both American comics and manga. Mm-hmm. Not into I want to give a little a little context to how these two genres came up and right. where they are right now before we dive into the to possibly why manga is succeeding while American comics are clearly not. And I don't think that's a controversial statement. Right. We all know that they're not succeeding. They haven't sold in a long, sold well in a long time. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, American comics, Stephen, they originated from early European comics. In 1842, Swiss illustrator Rodolphe Topfer published The Adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck in the U.S. I know you probably read that, the back issues for that, didn't you? Good stuff. Um, in, yes, <laughs> captivating. In, in the Victorian age, which is you know, between 1842 and 1897, and the Platinum age, that's 1897 to 1938, American comics developed from comic strips. That's where they were originally, comic strips, and then they would collect mm-hmm. them. They'd do collections of comic strips, right? But they were originally comic strips right. in daily newspapers, and you might get a collected version mm-hmm. of it later on. The first true American comic book, similar to what we know, was in 1934, and they started collecting these together in, like, mm-hmm. little floppies, right? And then, of course, we all yeah. know Action Comics Number 1 came out in 1938, and it kicked off the Golden Age. So those Golden Age, everyone thinks, is the first age of comics. It's actually the third age of comic. The Victorian Age, first. Right. Platinum Age, second. Golden Age, third. Since the early days of comics in America, this art form has been mostly considered by the general public as for children. But at the same time, Stephen, it's weird because the public also viewed it as being violent, sexual, amoral, and intellectually detrimental. And yeah. this is what led, you know, it, 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 this was the view between, from you know, over the 1920s, the 30s, and the 40s, rolling on into the 50s, and that's what gave rise in mm-hmm. America to the Comics Code Authority, which was established in 1954. Mm-hmm. And the Comics Code Authority yeah. was, you know, it, it, it was like that stamp of approval that, hey, parents, this comic book is safe for your kids to consume. We've made sure it has no objectionable content whatsoever. It will not turn them into a sexual right. deviant. It will not turn them into a communist. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's safe to consume. Yeah. <laughs> It's if um, yeah, Joseph McCarthy and uh, Friedrich Wortham have, have approved of this comic book. Yes, exactly. That's how you knew you're in for a good time. It <laughs> <laughs> was so much fun. Um, yeah. it, 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 honestly, you could tell how the creators were limited by the stories they could tell because of the Comics Code Authority. Mm-hmm. You could tell. And you'll, you will yeah. get into that later with manga because... Sometimes it can be a little shocking to American readers how much is allowed because it's not really what mm-hmm. we would consider to be appropriate, generally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, the Comics Code Authority continued on from 1954 all the way till 2001 when Marvel abandoned it. That was the first blow to the Comics Code mm-hmm. Authority. By 2010, Stephen, only DC, DC, still hanging in there, Archie and Bongo Comics adhered to the Comic Code Authority, and by 2011, the Comics Code Authority was defunct as DC, Archie, and Bongo finally abandoned it as well, which is yeah. a good thing. That was definitely a step forward for American comics. 
as far as who we consider the father of American comics, Stephen, you know, it, that's almost impossible. I mean, it's hard to say. We, we, the American comics has been around for, in some form or the other, for a while. I, I guess you could say mm-hmm. Jack Kirby and Stan Lee are the fathers of what we mm-hmm. consider to be American comics right now. I, I would say that right. that creative team is probably the most influential creative team as far as what we view mm-hmm. are comic books in America. Would you, right. what, what is your take on that? Um, I would definitely agree. I mean, Joe Siegel and, um, why am I forgetting the other guy's name? The other guy who created Superman. Oh. <laughs> is it, is it Schuster? Schuster? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, cause they, I mean, they kind of kicked everything off. But I think like you said, that the people who created comics as we know them and defined you know, the modern comic book, as if you were, were Jack Kirby and, uh, and Stan Lee. So yes. I don't think it's unfair to say that they're the father, the fathers of comic books. Um, yeah. You know, maybe throw Steve Ditko in there as well right. as, uh, as part of that group. Yeah, I, I don't think that's controversial. I mean, because who's before that? I mean, well, Bob I, Kane and Bill Finger. Well, mostly Bill Finger, but you mostly know. Bill Finger. I mean, Jerry, um, Jerry Siegel yeah. and Joe, Joe Schuster. <laughs> Definitely gave mm-hmm. us the first super, the modern superhero that became the, right. the archetype for so many superheroes. So you could give mm-hmm. Siegel and Schuster that, but Lee and Kirby mm-hmm. created the not just a character. Style. They they gave the style yeah. of art, the style of writing, the style of mm-hmm. paneling, the style of actually putting together the comic book, the shared universe. Mm-hmm. That it, it was so much that they did. Remember, there was no yeah. shared universe for Marvel until Lee and Kirby started that. So, mm-hmm. and, and the whole You're Marvel right. way of storytelling mm-hmm. to this very day yeah. was came from Lee and Kirby. I, I just, I kind of go to them, no, no disrespect to, to Siegel and Schuster, who are obviously very influential in, in the, in the industry, but I kind of would go with Lee and Kirby for, for modern comics. Right. Um, yeah. Because I mean, if we're going like way back for inspirations and you'd have to like who wrote Doc Savage and The Shadow right. and books like that because they influence you know right, right, right. people like Spiegel and Schuster and Bob Kane and then they influence Stan Lee and Jack Kirby so you know we gotta sure yeah um, Will Will Eisner but, on the spirit like you said the right exactly yeah mm, indeed <laughs> but um yeah that would be yeah Lee and Kirby I think I mean well they're always the gold standard I think of yeah. comics anyway I agree. Well, on the other hand, Stephen, manga, <laughs> yes, totally different origins, totally different. Mm-hmm. Manga, the word manga, it it means M A N. Man means whimsical. Mm-hmm. Ga means pictures, whimsical pictures. I love that name. I'm gonna read some whimsical <laughs> pictures, Stephen. Yeah. That makes you so happy, doesn't it? Whimsical. Have you read yeah. the latest whimsical picture, Stephen? Ah, oh, that just puts a smile on your face. How can you be in a bad mood when you're reading something called? Whimsical pictures. So, pictures. <laughs> you can trace manga's roots probably all the way back to Japanese scrolls from the 12th century. You know, when they were doing a lot of the different types of drawings. That's, you know, that's probably, I guess, if you want to go be technical. However, manga, as far as, you know, getting closer to what we know as being part of the culture, was really during the Edo period, mm-hmm. the late 18th century. And some historians argue that these comics from the Edo period were the world's first comic books. I like to think of the Mm -hmm. Japanese being the ones to first do comic books because they do everything 
pop culture the best, whether it's toys or anime yeah. or whatever. They just do it the best. So I like yeah. that. Manga really grew after <laughs> the Meiji Restoration in 1868, and Japan opened up mm-hmm. to foreign trade once again. And of course, it really, you know, what we consider manga, what we as Americans identify to be manga, modern manga, mm-hmm. that really came about after World War II. And that's when really mm-hmm. manga just blew up. I mean, just blew up massive after World War II. It, part of it was because Japan was really growing. After World War II, you had the American influence uh, from American comics that were being brought over by mm. you know U.S. soldiers stationed in Japan right. as we were reconstructing Japan, right? This all created this phenomenal culture of innovation and creativity that really just took modern manga to a different level. I would say, you know, most people would agree that, you know, the father of manga would probably mm-hmm. be Tezuka Osamu, who in nineteen forty seven started publishing a character you might know, Astro Boy. Pretty big influential character right there. Yeah. Not only did he <laughs> Osamu create Astro Boy, he also created Princess Knight and Kimba the White Lion. What's interesting, Stephen Again, it's amazing how cultures share things with each other, right? To create mm-hmm. things that are completely new and different. Well, Os- Osamu was a massive, massive Disney movie buff. And mm-hmm. Walt Disney's, <laughs> Walt Disney, remember the time he's in, he's in the 40s, so 30s and 40s. So Walt Disney, right. he, he was still making the movies back then. Walt Disney movies <laughs> really inspired Osama's uh, manga and his desire to get into the industry. I just think that's so cool, right. Stephen. I think it's neat that you have something American inspiring this guy in Japan to create something that we all yeah. view as uniquely Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so cool. I just love how ideas come across borders and cross-pollinate and create these really unique things. It's it's just neat. It just shows how we're all kind of connected together. You know, when you really mm-hmm. when you really stand back. So, and of course, yep, you know, that's right. It, it, I kind of like that we can, can we kind of credit Walt Disney for creating modern manga? I think we can now. I think we can now. <laughs> he would definitely want you to. Yes, he would. <laughs> Uncle Walt would approve. So, yes. uh, Osamu's career spanned from the mid-1940s uh, throughout to the 1980s. So, big successful mm-hmm. career. Now, what's interesting, Stephen, is uh, we touched on how the general public views American comics. Well, yeah. is very different. The manga acceptance by the general culture in Japan is different than it is over here in America. See, manga over in Japan is extremely popular. It's even more popular than anime, mm-hmm. which is different here. Here, I would say cartoons and superhero movies are more popular than mm-hmm. the comic books, right? I mean, clearly. Yes, I mean, every, every yeah. Everyone of a certain age saw Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and they probably never read the comic book. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, the animated Batman yeah. series. <laughs> the animated Batman series is popular. They probably never read a Batman comic book. So superhero mm-hmm. movies and cartoons way more popular here than the comics. Definitely. Oh, you've got over in Japan, manga has lots of shonen and shoho ma- manga that are aimed squarely at kids. Like, boom, mm-hmm. this is kid stuff. Whereas American comics, yeah. you know, honestly, American comics they don't have a lot of comics that solely target kids. I mean, just look at what Marvel and mm-hmm. DC offer and what Image offers. I yeah. Not a lot from Marvel, DC, or Image, and those are your three biggest 
publishers of American comics. That's another big difference. You got Archie Comics. They've become more and more adult. And that used to be the ultimate mm. kids' comics. And they've become way more and more adult. So it's just the general trend is for American comics to become more adult rather than target the kids. Right. But what's odd about this, Stephen, is in the U.S., the general public, even though these comics are not targeting kids, in the U.S., comic books are associated still with children or or with very specific subcultures, very specific adult subcultures. And yeah. I think one reason why this plays in, this exists, is because you know American comics are sold at local comic shops. That's where they've been sold forever. And that kind right. of tends to create adult subcultures that mm-hmm. gravitate to these local comic book shops. It's not like they're being sold out in the general public. And I think right. that also plays a part. Oh, yeah. And it's also important to note that these adult subcultures are also not viewed very favorably in, in culture. Excellent. <laughs> and, and that's a very fair point. Very fair point. You're right about that. Yeah. I mean, one of the... the the biggest sitcom hits in the last 10 years was a show that was about making fun of those types of people, the big bang theory. You're you're absolutely right. You know, you're right. They think of a, when most people um, think of a nerd, they think of uh, Sheldon, Sheldon or whoever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's not good for the image. No, you're a punchline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're you're very right. Uh, It's different over in Japan though, Stephen, where people of all ages, Mm -hmm. genders, subcultures read manga i mean it's just it's just it's everybody it's huge unlike american comics manga is it's it's simply another common method of storytelling in japan right it's that's not the way it is over here you know manga is so mainstream it is without a doubt a cultural phenomenon there's no doubt and i it seems you know when you read articles on manga and what causes it to be so popular and so mainstream. A lot of it is it's sold everywhere. And also because Japanese traditionally have long commutes to work via trains. And guess what they do? They read manga. It's very common. It's very common. (laughs) So it's, it's interesting to see the differences there as far as the cultures and the people of both countries. And there's, and, and, and there's really nothing you can, you know, it's not like American comics can do anything about that right now. Yeah, that's not like a short-term change. Yeah. You know? Definitely um, not. The other differences, you know, there's obviously physical differences, Stephen, between American comics and manga, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the format and the production of manga and American comics. Very different. Mm-hmm. The format, manga reads from back to front, panels go from right to left. American comics read from front to back, the panels go from left to right. Manga generally almost always has black and white art. I mean, sometimes you may get like a few pages in the very front that are color, but it's, it's usually yeah. black and white. Whereas American mm-hmm. comics usually always have color art. Manga usually has a much lower quality of paper. If you ever get your hands on manga from over in Japan, the quality paper, you'd be as an American comic fan, you're like, look, what is this newspaper? This is trash. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you wrap your fish in this. Um, yeah. Whereas American comics, as we all know, you pick up any image comic, Marvel DC comic, the quality paper much higher than what you get with manga. Mm-hmm. The publishing is much different. Manga has a weekly publishing schedule, whereas American Comics, if you're lucky, has a monthly publishing schedule. That's if you're lucky. Sometimes it could be, you know, once every two months, three yeah. months. Who knows? If it's Jeff Johns writing the story month, mm-hmm. once every five months. Um, <laughs> yeah, You've got <laughs> manga. They're so, and what's interesting, manga sold in weekly anthology magazines 
people over here, uh, most people know Shonen Jump. Shohobi mm-hmm. is the girl version of Shonen Jump. And normally, so you've got this anthology magazine, real thick, and mm-hmm. it's consisted of 20 pages per manga chapter, right? So you're going to have 10 different manga. Each one has its own chapter, 20 pages a chapter. It's pretty cool, actually. Right. Manga usually produces a single manga title. We usually produce about 80 pages a month, right? 20 pages a week, mm-hmm. 80 pages a month usually is what you get. Right. And then uh, once you've got enough chapters out there, what they will do is they will take the 20-page weekly chapters. They're compiled into compiled into a tankobon, which is, we mm-hmm. call it over here, a volume in America. Usually it consists of 8 to 12 chapters, and it usually is around 200 pages in length. Right. So the second they have enough chapters to make a volume, they kick that volume out. It's very quick. They don't waste a lot of time. On the other hand, American comics sold in monthly floppy format consisting of 20 to 22 pages, and then they're later compiled at some random, randomly determined time <laughs> into a trade paperback <laughs> or a hardcover or omnibus. But there's no set there's no set time period like, hey, once you got six issues in the can, boom, crank out the collected format. Right. It's yeah. a little different. It's a little different. Um, and there are there are certain advantages and disadvantages to both, no <laughs> doubt. I think that, you know. I prefer I don't I, I can give on the color art I can give on the mm-hmm. lower quality paper if it means the price is cheaper and the content comes out faster. That's for me at least. What about you? Really depends. I think the biggest thing for me about like the biggest transition from doing uh you know my regular reading of comics to reading manga it wasn't the it wasn't the left to right right you know it wasn't really the paper even though I did kind of notice some like. Okay. But you know, it's, it's whatever I've, I've read the newspaper before. It's not like, it's like, I'm kind of used to it, I guess. Right. It is. The lack of color is a little, a little, (laughs) a little weird for me. So, and I, I know it's not, it's just not the way it's done, but like, right. Especially because there's such a manga to anime pipeline. Yes, there is. You know, you do see it in color. You do. You see how cool it looks. Yes. And then you look back at the page and I'm like, Oh man, I I don't want to see the anime when I look at this. I want to see its own thing, you know. Uh, and that's just me personally. Sure, I like, sure. I like I like colored stuff. It's just my my yep. personal preference. But yep. that doesn't mean it's bad. Of course not. Right. You know, there's lots of there's lots of great manga art that it doesn't have to have color to be great. It's sure. Just, that's just my personal preference. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the majority impre- uh, belief that most American readers have. I think most American readers like yeah. color more. I, I think that's pretty mm-hmm. common. I agree. We've been kind of spoiled on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely so. All right, Stephen. The next thing to take a peek at now, now that we've got mm-hmm. the, the, how they're published, the format, the general acceptance by the culture, I want to take a look at, because this is really interesting, the different creative approaches between mm-hmm. manga and American comics. Because I think this is yeah. critical and is really going to play a role in why one succeeds and one doesn't. Right. Look at the creative teams. Mm-hmm. The mangaka... That's the name of the creator. That's what you call the creator of a manga, a mangaka. They are normally both the writer and the artist. Mm-hmm. So manga normally have a, a single creator who does both writing and art duties. Now, yeah. this can lead, I will admit, this can lead to some manga having some pretty unimpressive artwork. <laughs> no doubt mm-hmm. about it, okay? <laughs> and, and yeah. But... 
to be fair, there are some manga. You can't, you know, not everything is is can't brush with a uh, broad stroke here. Some manga do have mm-hmm. two people, one person doing the art, one person sure. doing the stories. My favorite mm-hmm. manga of all time is Kanikuman. I love it. I can't rave enough about mm-hmm. it. Viz needs to bring needs to translate yeah. it. They need to bring it over here. <laughs> they they translated uh, Ultimate Muscle, which was like yeah. a, a, a continuation of Kanikuman. And they translated that for a while, but they need to translate the current Kanika that's going on right now. It is awesome. It's a mix of superhero and wrestling. You cannot get any better than mixing <laughs> wrestling and superheroes. It's awesome. Anyhow, yeah. the creative team for that is called Yuta Tamago, which is a pen name for the team of Takashi Shimada, the writer, and mm-hmm. Yoshinari Nakai, the artist. Another example mm-hmm. of a creative team would be Dragon Ball Super. Akira Toriyama does the story. Uh, Toyo Taru does the art. So they right. do exist, though the most manga, it's the mangaka does the writing and the, the artwork. Now, mm-hmm. lots of manga, the mangaka will have several assistants who help out with the background art. That's also really common because they right. got to crank out a lot of content. And it's hard for one, it's one mm-hmm. guy doing the writing and the, and the art. He needs help. So he usually yeah. has assistants <laughs> to help fill in with the art. And that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Stephen, American comics, we know very well, they have entire creative teams. It's like an army. You got the writer. Mm-hmm. You got the penciler. You got the inker. You got the colorist. You got the letterer. I mean, it's just a whole army working on it. Yep. And because of that, <laughs> it takes a lot longer to crank out American mm-hmm. comics because it's a lot more going into yeah. it. it. Way more moving parts. Another interesting difference mm-hmm. is in America, writers, you know, let's be honest, if you want to be a professional writer and only be a writer and nothing else, not work at Starbucks, not work at, you know, McDonald's, like to only yeah. be a writer, your options... Not behind the desk all day. Yeah, yeah your options are to be a, a novelist, <laughs> a successful novelist, or a, mm-hmm. or a screenplay writer. That's really it. A career in comics, mm-hmm. let's be honest, a career in comics in America is generally not seen as an economically viable option and is becoming more so given what's going on with the current industry and seeing DC just totally start to shut down, it's becoming less mm-hmm. and less of an economically viable option. The only hope you have is that you can option off something you wrote, but that's also only if you work in independent comics, not yeah. for Marvel or DC, who own everything and right. are not going to give you any money for it, except your paycheck. <laughs> you, got, you got that right. In Japan, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The mangaka have a little bit, they have more options. One reason for that is because manga really is viewed as something unique, unlike comic books. Mm-hmm. Manga is viewed as this, a graphical story that, that is positioned in between a written story, like a novel, and a film story, like mm-hmm. TV and movies. And right. the cost of producing manga is cheap and closer to the cost of writing a novel, whereas American comics mm-hmm. are not cheap. They're not as cheap as manga, so their cost is not nearly as close yeah. to the Ameri- as to a novel. Well, that's very mm-hmm. important because if your <laughs> art form is cl- is cheap like a novel, it's easier to crank it out. It's easier to make a profit yeah. on it too. So these are some inherent inherent advantages that manga has. Because of this, mm-hmm. you will see mangaka. They'll often start making manga in high school. That's yeah. not uncommon because it's so cheap. For example, my favorite. Manga again, Kanikuman. You had Shimada became friends with Nakai in fifth grade. And when mm. Shimada showed Nakai some pictures that he had drawn of Kanikuman. So already in fifth grade, he's drawing pictures of this manga. And they started creating yeah. manga together in eighth 
grade. They started publishing Kanikamon in Shonen Jump uh, mm-hmm. when Nakai was 17 and Shimada was 18. So these things, it's just, it, you don't see that wow. with American comics. You just, you just don't. Yeah. It's too expensive. Another example would be the Magaka One, who started mm-hmm. One Punch Man as a webcomic in 2009. When that started, Stephen, the quality of art was pretty bad. Okay, the art that we know of is when they actually hired a, a professional artist to pair with them to redo the webcomic as a traditional manga. But my point is, it wow. is not because the manga often is the writer and the artist and that the standards for the art can be lower, the production is far, far cheaper, it is easier mm. to get going in manga and easier to make money. There are some unsuccessful manga, no doubt, but the fact is the majority... Manga, who, whose manga can sell decently enough yeah. to well enough, will earn good incomes. It can be a legit career, mm-hmm. and they can earn a good income. Yeah. And there's lots of them that are able to do this. As a matter of fact, there are some artists who are able to make a good income just by being a, an assistant to a professional mangaka who is successful. Yeah. So it's just easier for them to, to, to make this a career than over here in America. It's, a, it's just a lot harder. And a lot of that is because the yeah. cost of pr- the cost of production and the profit yeah. margin is well, so yeah. much smaller. I don't know if this is related or not, but Japan's social safety net is a lot uh, more secure than ours is. So. <laughs> Isn't everybody's? <laughs> yeah, well, except for maybe Brazil's okay. or something. I don't know. You know, <laughs> they gotta go to the bottom of the barrel to find one that's worse than uh, ours. <laughs> you know, Brazil's become our new. But comp. you know, because there's. <laughs> Right, yeah. There's probably a lot of people in America who want to do stuff like this, but they can't because, like, well, I have to live and yes. feed my kids and yep. do stuff like that. Yep. You know, the ultimate damper on anybody's dream is, oh, I have to Pay bills. be able to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed, indeed. The next difference between the two uh, formats, as far as on the creative side, is the art itself. We kind of hinted at it. You know, one is black and white, one is color, but it, it goes much Beyond that, Stephen. And I think this is where if you start to read manga, you will start to really appreciate what the art, if you get past the black and white aspect of it, you can Mm -hmm. really start to appreciate what what it brings to the table. Manga does tend to have more simple art than American comics. That's a fact. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A, A current example of that, if you look at what titles you can read on Shonen Jump right now on their app. Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin would be an example of this. The art is beautiful, but it tends to be more simple. Mm-hmm. Manga can sure. also have more cartoon-style art. Current example of that on Shonen Jump would be Magu-chan, God of Destruction. Very cartoony. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you can find manga that have a more detailed style, like an American superhero mm-hmm. comic, and an example of that would be the classic Fist of the North Star manga where it is yeah. highly highly detailed like an american comic book so that it does exist mm-hmm. it is not the dominant species though to be sure right the uh american comics high high production value compared to the manga mm-hmm. and in american comics generally especially if you're looking at marvel and dc and image and some of the, you know xenoscope some of the higher end comics the characters their bodies their faces they're they're anatomically accurate for like amazing looking people they, they all look like well they're, unless you're, yeah they all look like they're sculpted unless like you're rob liefeld right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> then you have no feet at all period yeah. um <laughs> his, his dreaded nemesis yes feet, feet. curse you uh, but yeah everybody looks like they're you know sculpted like a roman statue right and right. the background in american comics usually 
is is very high in detail as well. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Another huge difference, and I think this is the ace in the hole for manga, in my opinion. This is the ace in the hole that really Mm -hmm. gives them the edge, okay? Despite maybe being in black and white, maybe being slightly more simple. This gives them the edge. Mm -hmm. And this is dynamism. Dynamism is a it's 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 very common in manga. You don't see it that Mm -hmm. often in American comic books ever, unless they're purposely trying to mimic manga. Osamu Tezuka, the father of of manga, he brought this technique of dynamism to manga. And essentially, dynamism Mm -hmm. is a cinematic technique. It synchronizes the size, the shape, the placement, sequence of frames to create a sense of dynamic motion and drama within Mm -hmm. a sequence of static pictures. It's it's highly effective. This is what makes manga Mm -hmm. look like it is crackling full of energy and leaping off the page at you. Mm-hmm. It is the difference is palpable. You can really see it. On the other hand, yeah. American comics, they also use a cinematic technique, but it's a far different one than dynamism. Yeah. American comics employ a cinematic technique technique from a standpoint of the camera angle and position. The mm-hmm. approach is a far more static one. And at times, yeah. because of how the writer, you remember most most comics, the writer is different from the artist. And sometimes it can be a bit more clunky. The dialogue in the story versus the art can be a little more clunky, yeah. how it comes across. It can sometimes lead to a lack of cohesion between the action on the page and the dialogue that you're getting. That can also happen in American comics a lot more. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. It also can lead to American comics reading more like a movie storyboard rather than a completely different, unique form of storytelling. And I think that is a real common criticism, Stephen, of a lot of a modern American yeah. comic books is that they read like a movie storyboard. Right. Like a storyboard they're trying to pitch to somebody, basically, rather than an actual story on its own. Yeah. And if you read comic book scripts, it's like a screenplay almost. It, the only it is. difference is that you give a lot more direction in a comic book screenplay than a regular one. It's, um, it's very odd because I've I've read some of those. It's like, is this a movie or something? Like, what's <laughs> what's, what's going on here? I think this is yeah. a, a big critical difference, too, of, of why manga is so popular and why sometimes people get turned off by American comic books as mm-hmm. well. It yeah. just, it's not that exciting. Right. In a way, it, I mean, it is cinematic. If you look at a standard Japanese movie versus a standard produced American movie, you know, American movies are all about, oh, cuts, cut, cut, you know, frame this a certain way, got to catch this right here, blah, blah, blah. You know, Japanese movies, they're more likely to let the camera sit and stuff happen and, you know, kind of slowly, like, pan across, focus more on the action of, like, people talking or mm-hmm. characters doing simple things. In America, it's always like, all right, everything's got to have a purpose. We, gotta, mm-hmm. we can't have a wasted shot. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that until you brought it up about the dynamism though. That's very interesting that yeah. you know, there's such a there is a correlation between, you know, film and comic in that way. Absolutely. It's kinda yeah. neat. Absolutely yeah. Very yeah. interesting. And continuing on with that, the cinematic style that American comics employ is the result is a lot of times characters don't really move. There's a lot of standing around. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. characters are just kind of stiff. They don't really emote. Yeah, they don't emote a lot. Mm-hmm. The the dialogue can be it, it can be sometimes just a wall of dialogue in American comics. Like mm-hmm. I mean, you can get like a, a single page splash shot, and it's just of, of a guy Batman swinging from building to building, and it's with Robin 
by his side swinging, and then it's just like a wall of dialogue as these two are having right. like this full-on conversation. It's just so mm-hmm. much, and that sometimes can make it <laughs> make it a little bit a little awkward. It's it's just very different than what you get in Japanese manga. Yeah. What's interesting is that in Japanese manga, the char- and you really see it with the characters, they really emote. Like, they really mm-hmm. emote. There was so much emotions packed into the body language, the facial expressions. It is yeah. really focused in, in manga that you don't get in American comics. And you combine that with the dynamic action. It really creates a lot of just energy, and it really pulls mm-hmm. you into the story. It makes it really exciting. You know, it really just pleases all the senses, you know, your brain, your eyes, everything's firing like crazy. In American comics, so often you feel like you're watching just a a knockoff version of a movie or TV show. You're watching the storyboard. You're watching the pre-TV show or movie. You know what I mean? Whereas with the manga, you really, I swear, when I read it, I I really feel all the sound. (laughs) I feel all the action. I feel all the emotion. It's just all crackling off every page at me. It's just such a different Mm. experience. And you don't get that kind of connection with so many American comics. They just feel so stiff and very standoffish. A little more Mm -hmm. cold and impersonal. You're not going to experience it. You're going to read it. I think so. You know, right. <laughs> and so I, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's true. I guess that, that manga in the end to me comes across more as a narrative story that could literally only be delivered mm-hmm. in their visual medium of a comic. Like you can't reproduce what you yeah. get in manga in anime. You can't, you can get, you can try to get there, but it's not the same. You can't yeah. do it with movies. You can't do a TV. It's truly unique to this form of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Whereas with American comics, I feel like yeah. I could watch this in a movie or a TV show and get the same thing. Yeah. I guess not. That's how I come down on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that definitely, especially these days. I think the, um, it's definitely, uh, an, an apt criticism. <laughs> yeah. Cause so much of it is very, uh, well, I mean, I think part of the problem is that, you know, so much of American comics are decompressed. There's not really a lot happening anyway. Yeah. It's like a holding pattern. It's like, well, we, you know, the big plot beat is in the next issue, but I have to put this issue out. So, yeah, drag it out. It is. <laughs> I, mean, I think it goes without saying that either way can work if it's yes. done right. Of course, of course, know? of course. You know, in in American comics, like the any emotion you feel comes from more from the writing. Yes, than agreed. Now, there's there's parts there's parts of you know when artists. Uh, can make an image that kind of makes stirs a like it's like oh wow well, you know mm-hmm. I didn't you might be sad or happy or whatnot or geek out or something, but most of the time like like if a, a superhero is talking, and you only see like the bottom half of their face, right? The writer's got to carry the emotional weight of that. Whereas in manga, because they don't, they a lot of at least what I've read doesn't involve that. Like you can have like the body language and the facial expressions and all this stuff that really helps carry it. And it does, even if it can be slightly exaggerated, it works because like you really know, like you're in their right. headspace, like right. you know what they're thinking, you know how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it, it, hel- it helps you figure out how to feel like, cause you're in the moment with them. Absolutely. Another big it's difference, Steven. Dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Another big difference between the art in American comics and manga is that fan service mm-hmm. artwork is extremely common in manga. Re- yeah. I mean, really common. And when we mean fan service, 
What that means, it's it's artwork that is designed and exists only to titillate the fan. Okay, that that's what that's what fan service yeah. is, and it can <laughs> it can run a wide range of harmless fun to mm-hmm. pretty disturbing for some people. Okay. That's, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. That's just the way it is. And that's one reason why you have to be very careful before you recommend mm-hmm. manga to someone who is a child. Because yeah. this can happen. It is very common. <laughs> you do not see yeah. uh, fan service in American comics at all anymore. That's done. That is gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, maybe mm-hmm. Xenoscope still does it. But outside of Xenoscope, uh, you're not going to see <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to see fan service in in Marvel and DC comics, you're not going to see American fan service. American comics are pretty, they're pretty Victorian in nature compared to Japanese manga. That is something that readers yeah. have to understand and be okay with. If you're puritanical mm. in nature, if you're Victorian in your views of people's bodies and what you can and can't see, then manga's <laughs> probably not for you yeah. because you're going to see a lot of women with big boobs mm-hmm. in tiny outfits. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen, and it's going to happen on manga that's yeah. designed for kids too. By the way, Stephen, it's it's mm-hmm. it's literally everywhere. They're not as Victorian yeah. as a lot of people over here in America are. That's so. This is either a yay thumbs up, I love it, or it's a ah cover my eyes, I can't tolerate it. It depends on the person. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it. I will say I have sure. I've read some manga where I was like. Uh, that might be a little too much. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm more of I, I like the fun, you know, fun, harmless stuff. That's what I prefer, you know. Right. Like a little, you know, nothing wrong with that. But some sometimes there's some manga where it take, you're just like, oh, oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> what is your take on that? You, do you care about that in your comics? Do you do you, one or the other? Does it matter to you? Um, I mean, I, I don't really care. I mean, American comics are far more violent than your average uh, illustrated whimsical picture. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like we it's it, well, I mean, that's a reflection of our society. You know, we don't really care about, you know, damn it, Stephen, don't show a boob, but you can absolutely yeah. get a gun and kill a bunch of people. That's OK. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Dad, I'm trying to think. You know, like we get we get to take our our ten year olds to see John Wick and have him blow holes and oh. have blood splatter on the wall, but can't if someone whips a, a boob out. Oh, like, oh hold on. There. Oh, you take it too far. Mass murders know, okay, just... Stephen, but but a boob. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Exactly. Mass murders okay because it's Keanu Reeves and we like him. <laughs> But exactly. if he, you know, if some woman, some lady, the lady of the night pulls out her boob, then oh my god, like, oh, hold on there, clutch your pearls. Children, children are watching. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's um, and you know, you. Just, I mean, with the uh, with the uh, you know, we have our in the comics because everybody's so perfectly chiseled and whatnot. Yes. It's you know, it's not it's not uncommon to see like you know, Wonder Woman's got a big you know. Got a big, <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know it is kind of like it's it's you know it it, it hits that line of like okay we can do this but yeah. we can't go any further than that yeah yeah um and i do like it well first of all in, in manga like they're they're free to be a little more ridiculous so if Absolutely. you see a, a manga and somebody's like 
boobs out covering up their face they're so right. big or whatnot then you know it's like okay this is probably silly and yes i know what to expect yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely the other difference as far as the art steven is the paneling at manga really does mm-hmm. use a far more radical employment of paneling than american comics do overall yeah. and in general uh, this use of paneling in manga it helps to give it a more of a sense of an urgency or a sense of desperation a sense of intensity mm-hmm. amps up the action and mm-hmm. what's also cool about how they do paneling and i love this i love this aspect of manga cuz you don't see this in american comics ever that I can never imagine. Yeah. This approach of paneling also allows the manga to really slow down time mm-hmm. during a dramatic moment. And anyone who's watched anime, you probably understand this concept of slowing down time during dramatic moments, but they are able to do this with their paneling, and it is just cool. I mean, there, there are some manga stories where, like, you know, you might get, they slow down that time for a, a moment that might only take a few seconds, but it takes multiple pages because they really... It has such a cool yeah. impact. I, I love that use of, of paneling. And when you combine the this uh, you know dynamism with their use of paneling, mm-hmm. combine the two together and you get some incredible physical action in the stories. You mm-hmm. get really cool psychological drama to a level that you don't yeah. normally get in American comics. And you're uh, and they're able to give you dialogue and narrative uh, commentary concurrently in one single visual spread with characters literally mm-hmm. busting out of frames and doing stuff. It is, it is, it's very interesting. Manga definitely breaks from the constraints of pictorial presentation of a filmed scene, which are sequential in nature, which is what American comics are more like. Manga really breaks yeah. out of that. It's manga is completely, it is completely separated from the sequential linear storytelling typified by movies and TV shows that have permeated American comics. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's different than what you get from, you know, reading a novel, you know, it's, it's just so unique. It's it's the paneling and the dynamism. It really comes together for something fun. On the other hand, American comics, you know, Mm -hmm. listen, I love Alan Moore. Uh, He's, he's one of my all time favorites as crazy as he is. I I adore Alan Moore. I adore the Watchmen. (laughs) But the fact is, the Watchmen really did elevate the style of storytelling of nine small panels per page. Yeah. Very static, restrained, very traditional, Mm -hmm. very uniform. And because of that, American comics tend to have more traditional and uniform paneling. Now, there are some American comics where you'll be able to see some interesting paneling, but by and large, it's not going to be as radical as what you get in manga at all. American comics tend right. to be, and there are plenty of comics. I'm looking at you, Tom King, yeah. which is a lot of very static panels. It's it's very much like mm-hmm. the Brian Bendis approach of very static paneling, very uniform, yeah. really boring, just kind of like slowly <laughs> grinding you to death via erosion. Anyhow, yeah. uh, so I think that's, you know, I think that is... <laughs> That, that paneling, though, it really does impact the way you tell the story. It really does. Mm-hmm. And some people like yeah. the very the very static, fixed camera, in front of the stage approach of American comics. And some people don't. It's, yeah. you know, if you like that very static, 
fixed camera approach in front of the stage, you're probably going to prefer American comics more. You might find manga just to be too like, this is so chaotic. <laughs> you know, that's that's definitely a fact. Yeah. Oh, it's also important to, I think, to um, at least for me, what I've noticed is that like when you pick up a comic book collection, like a collected edition, and you picked up a collection of manga and you put them side by side with each other, the comic book is a lot bigger. Yes. And they have more, you know, space to work with yes. where like manga, they have to really employ a sense of, you know, they have to really use their space wisely because Indeed. you have 20 pages and they're half the size of American comics. You have to put a lot in there to, um, you know, to get your point across or whatnot, or to, to tell the story well, that you want to tell. So you have to be more actually, creative Steven, as well with it. When yeah. com for a lot of manga that's originally published in magazine <laughs> mm -hmm. format, like in Shonen Jump, it's bigger. Mm -hmm. It's the same really? size or bigger than American comics. Hmm. When you get into volume, it's smaller. Right. They shrink it down for the volume. Yeah. <laughs> but when you pick, when, like when Shonen Jump used to, when they used to, did you ever get shown? Did you ever see it in the comic store when they sold it in America for a while? Um, Do you remember that? I probably, I probably have, but I haven't seen one in a long time. Yeah, they don't, they don't sell it anymore. Yeah. They, they dropped the print version of Shonen Jump, but when they did, it was cool because it, mm -hmm. it's, it's big. And I had only yeah. been used to reading manga, boop, boop, little volumes. Yeah. It's a lot more fun on a big page. Believe me. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> um, I believe it. The uh, and of course, Stephen. Lastly, uh, as far as the creative differences, stories are different as well. Manga mm -hmm. will tend, tend again. Not all manga. Again, I don't. You know, there's always. I hate dealing with these uniform descriptions because there's always exceptions right, right? <laughs> in general manga will tend to have stories that can be more artful and subtle they the reason for this is because manga tends to employ an approach that has less dialogue or no dialogue far more than american comics ever will yeah absent larry hama's classic snake eyes gi joe issue where there was no dialogue the silent issue the reason why that was mm -hmm. so is so iconic <laughs> and so talked about and revered decades later is because it is so mm -hmm. rare to see in american comics so manga is usually frame heavy and text light whereas american comics are yeah. often frame light text heavy american comics they really mm -hmm. focus a lot of attention on conversations very dense conversations whereas manga tends to focus more on the pictures than the dialogue and I, yeah. personally I, I i believe a well-drawn picture can tell a thousand words right <laughs> i i yeah. i like that approach american comics tend to explain everything to the audience it's it's very much the approach of tell instead of show that's very common with american right. comics they're they're very text dense at all times even in an action scene steven you're gonna have a lot of text it's just the way it is mm -hmm. whereas manga much more economical in the dialogue you don't ever it's, it's very rare where you get just an endless wall of dialogue that's very uncommon yeah. manga really does employ more the show and not tell style of storytelling that appeals to mm -hmm. me personally, Stephen. I know everyone's different. To me, I like the show don't tell. I think that is more yeah. of an enjoyable experience. How about for you? I mean, sometimes it depends on the uh, on the project or what I'm what what I'm looking at. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, kind of like with a movie. Like, if I'm watching and 
a movie that was written by Aaron Sorkin. I don't mind that the characters talk a lot. Right. Because usually they, they're written really well. Yeah. But if I'm watching, um, usually like, usually it's a foreign movie, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't need to hear them talk because I know that, you know, whoever's directing it, like they know how to tell a story with an image or just with expression on an actor, not, you know, a, um, they don't have to say anything. You just, you know, and that's kind of the same thing. I mean, like there's, there's comic books where, where sometimes like if somebody's a really good, really good writer, like if they're just standing around talking, like I think Kurt Busiek was, was good at, mm-hmm. at writing character in a way mm-hmm. that if you're reading it, even if they're just standing in a room, like you're, you're compelled by it, you know? Yes. yes. Um, Cause he wrote it very much in a way that I think most comics should be written, which is kind of soap opera ish, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, where very emotionally driven and whatnot. Um, I know that all but, too well, Stephen. I mean, my favorite comic of all time is Paul Levitt's yeah. Legion of Superheroes, which is about a yeah. soap operas, teen teen soap operas you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, I can't, I guess, sticking with him, um, with Gobisic, like, but I can't say that those scenes kind of get me more than I'm thinking of uh, in JLA Avengers when they have like that that issue where they all find out like they're merged together, but they find out what the true universes are like. And they have to see like all the bad stuff that's happened. Like nobody really says anything. And that's more powerful to me than like, Oh, I didn't realize that this was so bad in my universe and blah, blah, blah. And even though like the structure, like the paneling structure is pretty much the same. It's the image that really, you know, that moves you or makes you think like, wow, like this is really, this is not good. Yep. So, I mean, like if I had to pick a, personal preference i guess i would rather have a show don't tell i mean that's the rule for a reason mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um yeah just in general i prefer that because it shows a better a better storyteller i think than I just agree. we're gonna write everything out and right over explain everything right i think it, it takes more skill and talent to show and not tell it's easier to tell mm-hmm. the reader things it's so much easier to take the tell approach oh yeah and showing not telling also i think it intellectually engage your reader more and it demands yeah. that the reader does more work on their end, which should be what you want as a reader. You want to be intellectually stimulated to some degree or right. another. I would, at least mm-hmm. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Intellectually or emotionally. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think at least in comics, like feeling the need to over explain everything, it kind of shows a lack of trust in your artists. Yes. I think, yes. That you can't, you don't trust them yes. to, to, to express what you're trying to say, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is a, I think that is a result of most American comics being a writer and an artist, mm-hmm. two separate people. Whereas yeah. a lot of manga, the writer is the artist. And so sometimes you get yeah. the unification of the two is a right. little better in the story. You know what I mean? It's the, the, mm-hmm. since it's the same person. They don't feel like the, the writer instinct to over explain <laughs> things is subdued by the artist yeah. in, inside that mangaka. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you also don't have yeah. the war between the two. I, I, I sometimes I feel like there's creative tension between yeah. the writer and the artist. <laughs> you yeah, know. I could imagine. I that. agree. Yeah, it's because it's uh, you know because there's two different people like you're not simpatico with each other, and so it's it's just like I've read some um, some comic book scripts where like for good comics where mm-hmm. like, if you're going to write like your explanation needs to be in the script, like the notes of the artist, like, you know, we're trying to go for something here. Right. Um, you know, kind of, you know, do your thing, but this is kind of what I was thinking and whatnot. 
and you, you get the sense that they do have a back and forth where right. they, because it takes longer to produce, like they have the time to, you know, say, mm-hmm. oh, is this what you were thinking? Yeah, I was thinking that. It's like, well, right. how about this? Like, oh, that's a good idea, you know. Now, that's the dream because most people write like five comic books and draw like ten. So, <laughs> but know, in the best right? yeah. situation, yeah, Agreed. that's that's the best way you can, that's what you can expect in American comics, I guess. True, true. The other difference, Stephen, <laughs> as far as the stories, manga tends mm-hmm. tends to have much longer story arcs. Mm-hmm. The stories, yeah. the stories in manga are are in general, in general, are way mm-hmm. more drawn out than in American comics, yeah. and that is a big difference, Stephen. That is a big difference yeah. for people who's used to most American comics, most you know, have traditionally employed either the four-issue story arc, the six-issue story Mm -hmm. arc, or at most, the eight-issue story arc. That's generally what you you see. I mean, you see some derivations here and there, but for the most part, American comics have always given you either the four-, six-, or eight-issue story arc. And with manga, let me tell you what, whoa. I mean, and (laughs) and it depends on which manga you read. Some are worse. I I don't mean to use the word worse. That implies something negative. Well, and I, and I don't view do it, that more. They do it more, yes. Or go they, beyond that. Correct. No. They do it more often. <laughs> we can go back to my favorite manga, Kanikuman. I mean, there are times they will have a tournament, Stephen, and the tournament will go on <laughs> for like, I don't know, 80 chapters. Yeah. It's like really long. Like they, they'll have one fight, one fight that lasts. <laughs> that, I'm not kidding you. One, one fight that lasts, you know, in real time, you know, the, the time limit is mm-hmm. 50. It's a, this is a 15 minute match, right? 15 minute match. Yeah. And it'll go like 15 chapters. <laughs> I mean, you just, it's a it, chapter per minute, right? <laughs> <laughs> Another one that does this is, you know, dragon ball is known for this as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, that is something. If you're an American reader, not used to manga, you're going to have to, and this could be either a, a, a great thing for you. Like, for me, mm-hmm. I like it. I really, I really get lost in the story. I enjoy it. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. But I know for some readers, they're yeah. kind of like, oh, "My God, this story arc took 20 chapters. Like, what the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> to be fair, keep in mind, another big difference is while manga's story arcs may be far more drawn out and longer, they're coming mm-hmm. out weekly. So True. you know, yeah. it, you know, your standard issue, eight issue. You know, four issue story arc or eight issue story arc in an American comics taking you between four to eight months. Well, when you're mm-hmm. doing it weekly, it's still taking you a, a drawn out story may still take you the same amount of months. To be fair to to American comics, when you're doing things weekly, it's far easier to have longer drawn out stories than when you're doing it on a monthly schedule. Because if American comics did that, sure. oh my god, story arcs would take two three years to resolve <laughs> themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah. But for me, I, I like I like weekly. Longer story arcs versus monthly mm-hmm. shorter story arcs. That's for my personal appearance. Do you really have care either yeah. way or the other? I mean, in the moment, no. Like if I'm reading a comic and a manga, like it's yes, yeah, it's, it's they're both gonna be different anyway. It depends on how they're written and whatnot. But now trying to go into one and seeing like a thousand chapters, <laughs> that I think could be a little It's daunting. That could be a little yeah, a little daunting. <laughs> Yeah, Pick, which um, picking up one piece. It's the only downside right now. of that model, I think, because <laughs> it's like one thousand and it's still going. Like, 
Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, I don't even think I could hold that many chapters in my hand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, Stephen, the, on, on stories, the, the yeah. big difference uh, between the two, mm-hmm. uh, American comics rely heavily on milking the franchise characters. Yeah, that's what they do. They're here for the IP that is becoming more and more prevalent in American comics Mm -hmm. now that they're owned by mega corporations in AT&T and Disney. I mean, it's always been going on, but I think it's become more and more pronounced since the Mm -hmm. mega corporations have bought these companies out. And they also American comics rely very heavily on remix culture. I don't even think Mm -hmm. it's debatable. It is American comics are all about remix culture we're going to take a character you know he was married now we're going to make him single he was single now we're going to make him married you saw that Mm -hmm. with both batman and spider-man we're gonna we're gonna kill the character off put him back through time batman we're going to replace the character with a clone spider-man we're going to Mm -hmm. uh, i mean we're going to take this character and kill them off or have them retire and make the new version of this character a woman or a different ethnicity, yeah. but it's still the same name, still the same power set. It, it's a remix culture. That's right. what dominates American comics all day, every day. It's mm-hmm. a remix culture. We're yeah. just going to get, you know, I may give you a female character instead of a male character, but it's still going to be the same. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. I may give you a Hispanic character instead of a white character, but it's still the same thing. Essentially. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, because um, I was trying to think, like, you know, like we hit, I mean, we love to do that just in culture anyway. Like reboots yep. happen all the time with yes. the movies. Disney remakes are basically the same thing. I mean, the, the Star Wars action, the Star Wars sequels are nothing but a remix yeah. culture. Yeah, the original, oh, the original trilogy. Um, and because I was thinking, like the thing that most comes to mind when I think of remakes is like how, like um, in hip hop and rap, they do like the sampling, like yes. an older song. Yep, so they yep. put that, but they use that as like a base and then create something new out of it. Right. Where in comic books, it's like, like you said, it's like, well, sure. Jane Foster is Thor now, but she's got the same powers and she's the same character. Same name, um, same everything, same name, you know, same uh, setting. Uh, Sam Wilson is Captain America. So, okay, well he doesn't have super strength, but you wouldn't notice by the way that you would notice the stories. Right. Yeah. So it's just, and I think Marvel is probably the worst at this out of the two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for God's sake, like they're throwing out um, Heroes Reborn. Oh, Steven. Of all things. They I did know. Atlantis Attacks again. It's I like, know. come on. No, I like, know. Even, like, you're really going to do your worst stuff too? <laughs> <laughs> they're doing another they're doing another clone saga but oh but it's with miles morales this time i'm like why thank thank why? you why thank you yes yes and, and we, 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 we will get into this <laughs> in more in depth when we talk about why manga is mm-hmm. succeeding in areas in american comics is not that'll be in the second half yeah. of our look into this topic but we're gonna steven well let's put a pin in it because we're coming mm-hmm. back because there's a lot to okay. unpack there's a lot to unpack with what you just said there. You made a lot of good points. A lot of good points. Yeah. Um, lastly, Stephen, I want to take a look at the general mm-hmm. sales numbers between the sure. two to give us to give us some more context as to before we hop into the second part. Part two of this is we really mm-hmm. break down why manga might be succeeding where American comics are not. Okay. And mm-hmm. really to see the success and failures, you got to look at the numbers. How are they selling? Yeah. How are they growing? Right. Well. Stephen, 
manga in Japan, listen to this, sells around 1.9 billion, with a B, manga books and magazines each year. (laughs) Mind blown. That's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, This amounts to about six to seven billion dollars, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dude, the American comic book industry wish they made six to seven billion dollars. (laughs) They wish they made like you know like half a million dollars most of the time. Yeah. True. 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 Um. And here's your comparison, Stephen. So that number, about six to seven billion in sales for manga compared to American comics, which made Mm -hmm. around 530 million in 2019. Mm -hmm. 67 billion, 530 million. Mm. Big difference, huh? Yeah. Yeah, big difference. I uh, I see. I think an art house studio for movies made more money than that. I know, right? Seriously. ICV2 estimates that bookstore sales accounted for $465 million in 2018 compared mm-hmm. to $510 million in the direct market. When you add in digital and other channels, uh, direct market sales fell to under 50% of the mm-hmm. total sales for the mm-hmm. first time since comic book shops overtook newsstand distribution in the early 80s. All right, so they're just not growing. They're yeah. not growing. At New York Comic Con mm-hmm. 2019, they shared some book scan data, right? Book scan data, they handle all the, they, they track all the sales of books and graphic novels and comics and whatever, right? Right. So book scan <clears throat> shared the data on juvenile fiction, which is kid-oriented comics and graphic novels. That, Stephen, accounts for 41%, 41% of the industry manga is 28 percent superhero Mm -hmm. content superhero comics 10 percent which is down superhero comics down 9.6 percent year over year that's not good that's not going in the right direction no it is not (laughs) that is not ICV2 notes a huge shift in the past two years with kid-oriented titles for readers age 6 and 18, up 20%. And in comic book stores and up 39% in bookstores, manga up 41% in comic book stores and up 5% in bookstores, while superhero graphic novels fell 10% in bookstores and 15% in comic book stores. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, one's one's growing and one is, one is losing. You yeah. know, that's not that's yeah. the most obvious sign that something's wrong. Right, right. <laughs> you don't even have a plus by your by your number. No, no. <laughs> uh, in December of 2019, Stephen, all American Comics mm-hmm. unit sales were about 83.6 million copies. Just the top ten manga. Just the top ten, Stephen. <laughs> in only Japan, okay? In only Japan. Yeah. 65 million units. It's just it's it's insane the 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 demand for manga versus American comics mm-hmm. and it's just the divide yeah. keeps growing. That's the thing. The divide keeps growing every year as the American superhero comics mm-hmm. can continue to go down 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 and manga continues to go up up up. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh 
2019, sales in total for adult comics slash graphic novels grew by 5%. Mm-hmm. The sales in the manga subcategory grew by 16%. And mm-hmm. in February 26, 2020, Viz Media, they're the, they're the big daddies in, in manga in this country by far. Yeah. They stated mm-hmm. that their manga sales in comic stores were up over 40% for 2019. That is phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good gravy. In October mm-hmm. 25th, 2020, NPD Group, which is a research company that has been tracking sales of graphic novels, reported that sales mm-hmm. were up from 2.8 million sold between April and June of 2020 to over 4 million between July and September of 2020. NPD says the mm-hmm. three quarters of the growth is thanks to manga. Manga has yeah. grown 25% year over year, and the subcategory has grown by 8% in the last five years. Meanwhile, Subcategories like American superhero comics have declined by 11% year over year. I mean, it's it just it's ugly when you start looking at the numbers for manga versus American superhero comics. It's it's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly. If you look just at the most recent numbers of January uh, from on January 20, 2021, NPD Bookscan mm-hmm. released the top 20 graphic novels for the full year, full year of 2020. Mm-hmm. In that top 20, Stephen Manga took 15 spots. Wow. Of the remaining five spots, Stephen, you had Strange Planet took two spots. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a collection of comic strips, Strange Planet comic strip. They took that took two spots. You had a mm-hmm. a graphic novel called Snug, a collection of comics about dating your best friend. <laughs> that took <laughs> that took a that took a spot. The only the only product from either Marvel or DC or image or, or any American, okay. Mm -hmm. American publisher. Uh, the only one let's see was just DC Watchmen at number 15. That's it. That's it from Marvel DC or image. You had one for the year and it was the Watchmen. Mm -hmm. Think about that, Steven. What gets me, Steven is the only offering from Marvel DC or image is something from 35 years ago. Yeah. That's that might be even more alarming mm-hmm. than they only placed one in, in the top 20 is that the one you did place is from 35 years ago. What does that yeah. tell you? I just show it, that's it, that is I, I, I don't know how much more obvious you can get in that, that you're just <laughs> American comp the DC and Marvel just they're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. The proof is in the numbers. Yeah. It, I, I don't know how you debate that. Amazon's top 50, Steven. They're top 50 mm-hmm. for comics and graphic novels. And since Amazon's a big retailer for print mm-hmm. media, I figured it's worth taking a look at that as well. So Amazon's top 50 for yeah. comics and graphic novels has 15 manga titles in it. Mm-hmm. It has three from Marvel. One is House of M. How old is that? My God. Why is that? I don't so, know. The other is Vision, the complete collection. That's King's Vision. And their third... Oh, because WandaVision. That's bingo. why. Bingo. <laughs> Synergy. And then the third is Star Wars Darth Vader Volume 1. That's it for Marvel. Star Wars. Wow. Yeah. So an, an ancient old story and mm-hmm. Star Wars, which is always... And Darth Vader's yeah. going to sell no matter what. I mean, House of M. Stephen is 16 years old, for crying out loud. 
And for DC Comics, the only thing they put in the top 50 on Amazon for comics and graphic novels, Watchmen. So you look Which at the... Yeah. had a TV show. Yes, it did. Synergy. 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 Steven, you look, <laughs> you look at the numbers. You look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is striking. It is striking yeah. the numbers. I mean, you've got superhero, the superhero comic books. I mean, to be down 10% year over year... That, I mean, that's, that's just, that's amazing. And for manga to be growing mm-hmm. at the rate it's growing, it's, it's by leaps and bounds. At the end of the day, Stephen, the numbers don't lie. And yeah, you're right. the American comic book publishers, Marvel and DC should be concerned as they look at these numbers, mm-hmm. they should really be concerned. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair to say that they should probably take a peek at manga and see what, what are they doing? Because it's clearly working. I mean, if the goal, Stephen, is to make money, which I think that's the goal, <laughs> I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the goal is just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you make or not. But I'm pretty sure at and and Disney want Marvel and DC to make money. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Stephen. You look at these numbers, there's a problem. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> Does it surprise you how much manga is growing compared to the American superhero comic industry? I want to say no because of how, like, how popular anime is right in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was kind of a stereotype that, you know, people in America, they just don't like comics and stuff like that. Right. Right. I guess I'm wrong. They just, they just don't <laughs> like stuff from America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you have your finger on it. All right, Steven, I think, uh, this is a perfect good stopping point. We're going to come back next episode with part two, where we are going to break mm-hmm. down. Really, Because you raised a lot of good points I really want to get into, but I want to break down manga's yeah. advantages, or at least what we think, what we think are advantages for manga, mm-hmm. and what could American comics learn from them. I mean, some things are not, are not realistic, like, well, they should just use cheap paper, black and white ink, and go to weekly anthology for okay that's right that's not that's not really that helpful that's not yeah it's what you mm-hmm. and i think are realistically feasible options for american combo companies that doesn't completely just blow up the industry altogether and make them reform in manga's image you know what i'm saying we're not trying to make american comics manga that's not the <laughs> yeah. goal here that's not, i don't want american comics yeah. to be manga i like american comics when american comics are done well steven they're great i grew mm-hmm. up with them they're fantastic yeah. We were very critical of this podcast, but American comics, when done well, can hold their own against anyone mm-hmm. when done well. Yeah. The problem is, as evidenced, by, as evidenced by the sales numbers and the cratering of the industry, <laughs> American comics haven't done a lot of good stuff lately. Yeah. That's the problem. Be that as it may, I think we can take a look at some of the advantages and try to try to help American comics figure out how to rebuild and come back mm-hmm. better than ever. Because I do think it's possible. I don't think we're past the yeah. point of no return. I think we're going to get... Mm-hmm. At some point, we are going to get there, though, Stephen. At some point, you're going to cross the line where you can't come yeah. back. You know, you've lost too many readers. You're now no mm-hmm. longer even on the radar for uh, Gen Z. And then, well, you go the way of the dodo. But yeah. I, I don't think they're there yet. How about you? 
I don't want to be overly pessimistic. I mean, we'll talk about it next issue when I think <laughs> what the next issue. <laughs> next episode. Oh my god. Indeed. Um what I think what I think the biggest problem is. I don't I don't know if it's one that could be uh surmounted, as it were. Indeed. Indeed. So. All right, my friend. Well, as always, again, you can check us out, comicbookrevolution.com. You can check us out on Twitter, CBR Evolution. And please, you can go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review, a rating, and ratings help spread the word. And we appreciate everyone listening. So the more people we get, the, mm-hmm. the better the better things will be. And the more we will do our best try to come up with podcasts that are as titillating as possible. Right, Stephen? That's right. We're looking for the titillation. (laughs) Okay, let's just edit there. Uh, On that note, Stephen, viva la revolucion.